1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: KYW Original Podcasts. Merrill Reese, it's a quick week. Thursday game. Eagles-Giants matchup. We're just a day away. How are you feeling about it as we get closer?
1: It's interesting because you almost look at this as as one of these critical games. Because here are the Eagles who can move back into first place if they beat the Giants on Thursday night, uh, the way this crazy NFC East is going. But uh, who knows? Uh, a lot of guys were back yesterday. They had more of a light practice, a walkthrough type of thing. And then uh, today they prepare for the game. You don't want to push anybody too heavily when you only have a couple of days to rest. But uh, there are some encouraging signs, and I have a feeling they're going to get some people back. But you know for sure that Zach Ertz is out. You know that uh, for sure Jack Driscoll is out. And uh, But we'll find out about somebody. Kayvon Wallace, who took a pretty hard blow on a special team's play, uh, he's going to be out. But we'll see about some of the others. I mean, Doug has been saying for a while that uh, Deshaun Jackson is close and that uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey is close and that Avance Maddox is close. So we'll wait and see who is available. And, of course, one guy to keep your eye on because he is so important, and you saw that last week when he missed the game, was Lane Johnson. Uh, Knowing Lane Johnson, he will make every effort to be out there at right tackle.
0: Absolutely. He he is a tough player. He is a very, very tough player. But, Merrill, as we know, Carson Wentz was playing With mostly backups against the Ravens, he he and Jason Kelsey were the only two original starters to finish the game. We know that Carson Wentz, because in part because Lane Johnson wasn't there, got knocked around a lot by the Ravens, sacked six times, hit a bunch of times, and he's got to recover his body on a short week. And he also he he's been playing better lately. So what have you learned? about Carson Wentz this season, and most, more specifically, the past three games?
1: I am honest with you when I tell you I haven't learned anything, because I always believed that Carson Wentz was incredibly tough, and I always believed that Carson Wentz was a leader, and he was talented. I think it took a while for him to get into the flow of things this year. He had a bad second half against the Washington team, Uh, He didn't do as well as he could against the Rams or the Bengals. But over these last three weeks, he has become, again, more of the all-around running, passing, athletic quarterback that we saw when he was playing his best football in his second year before the injury. So I believe that is the real Carson Wentz. Uh, I never questioned his toughness, and I think we'll see it again against the Giants. Don't forget their quarterback, Daniel Jones, has been forced to run a lot this year. They've lost Saquon Barkley. They lost him in the opening game for the season, and he's their great running back. So really, it's been Dion Lewis and Wayne Gorman, but at going into this game, Daniel Jones is their leading rusher.
0: Whether or not Lane plays, what do you think Carson can do to avoid taking the hits that he has?
1: Pray. <laughs> Maybe that's it uh sure he thinks about getting rid of the ball very quickly he's got he can't hold on to the ball but there are times when he's still going to want to extend a play you need protection from the offensive line but he's got to be cognizant that they are that the defense is coming and get rid of it as quickly as he can but there is no way that in a NFL game that your quarterback's going to avoid hits
0: uh espn reported earlier this week that the eagles expect miles sanders not to play Thursday night, one to two-week injury, they noted it as, with his knee. Uh, Doug indicated earlier this week that if there is no Miles Sanders, if he doesn't play, that it could be a a running back by committee, which would include Boston Scott, who did very well, Merrill, against the Giants last season and those late-season games against the Giants to push the Eagles into the playoffs. How would you like to see the Eagles go about this situation if Miles doesn't play tomorrow night?
1: Well, I have confidence in Boston Scott. I think he's a tough little back. Uh, certainly, like everybody else, he needs a slither of daylight with which to maneuver. But he's a good back, and he's a smart football player. I think you'll get a good dose of Corey Clement. And I wouldn't be surprised if you'll see Jason Huntley, who was the guy that picked up a former New Mexico State star. And uh, he could be running some this week. Uh, certainly, he could be taking back kickoffs if Boston Scott gets the heavy dose as the bell cow back, so to speak,
0: speaking of special teams, uh, Dave Phipp had his weekly zoom conference yesterday, and he took a lot of questions about Jake Elliott because Jake Elliott has had some issues this year. And, and some reporters brought up that he's had some issues the you know, the past few years of kicking uh, from distance from 50 yards or deeper. And Dave Phipp, uh, strongly defended Jake's history overall and Jake's history of, of kicking uh, those, those very important kicks. Um, what, what has been your thoughts this season on how Jake Elliott has performed?
1: Well, he's missed a couple of long kicks in the last couple, couple of games, but that's not, that's not typical of Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott is a guy who has ice water in his veins. I nicknamed him uh, Jake the Giant Killer. I often call him Jake the Giant Killer because we will still remember In 2017, he had the 61-yard kick that changed the season. And there have been other kicks that he's had against the Giants that have won games. So uh, hopefully Jake the Giant Killer is out there tomorrow night.
0: Oh, that that would be very timely for him to to turn you know some of those missed kicks he has to turn his season around in a sense as as you put it, Jake the Giant Killer. Uh, back to the Giants in a moment, Merrill. But uh, yesterday uh, the Dallas situation took a took a negative turn for them. Jane Slater of NFL Network, who who has who covers the the Cowboys, tweeted um, some anonymous quotes for, from some unhappy players talking about the coaching staff. One anonymous quote uh, quote uh, on the coaching staff, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another anonymous quote, quote, they just aren't good at their jobs. What is your reaction to that?
1: Well, I have no knowledge personally of what's going on in Dallas, but I can only say that very often when a team goes into a tailspin, when they have bad games, the way the Cowboys did Monday night, There's grumbling afterwards, and I think that's one of the good things about this Eagles team, that even at their lowest point, and I think they were pretty low after losing to the Rams, and I think they were low after only tying the Bengals, there wasn't a a disparaging word. And I think that one of the great things about Doug Peterson is he motivates this team, and everybody really respects him. He's authoritative when he has to be. And there's no questioning the coaching staff by this team. So, whatever is in Dallas, that that's their problem. <laughs> but I can tell you that the Eagles have the right frame of mind going into this game. We
0: have not seen any of that uh, negative type content coming out of the Eagles locker room this year. You're correct on that, Merrill. Uh, it is the a short-
1: last time. The last time I remember it was in the last year of Chip Kelly.
0: That there there was definitely a lot of that in 2015. You're correct on that, and Doug, Doug certainly changed that when he came over and replaced Chip. Uh, Merrill, it is a shorter week, but it is still a Wednesday, and that's when we look back at past matchups between the, the Eagles opponent that's coming up. The Eagles have played the Giants 174 times, so we don't have time to look at all of the matchups. But the You're Eagles, not going
1: back to 1933?
0: I am not going back to 1933. No, I, I'm not. I, I narrow down the list from the 174 games games, which the Eagles are 87, 85, and two in. They have won seven in a row, 11 out of 12, and that dates back to 2014, and the seven in a row dates back to 2016. Um, so I took what, what what stick out to me, the top five Eagles-Giants memorable matchups in history. And I'm probably missing some. I have some honorable mentions. But I took the top five. And if any stick out to you that I didn't mention, please, of course, mention. Uh, number five, November 19th, 1978. You are very familiar with this. It was in the Meadowlands. The Eagles trailed 17 to 12. And all Joe Pisarcik had to do was kneel on the football, and the game was over. But he fumbled. Herman Edwards picks it up, took a 26 yards to the house, and the Eagles won 19-17. to 17. What do you rem- remember about that day in East Rutherford?
1: I remember wrapping up the broadcast saying, let's see what lies ahead for the Eagles. Next week, they're in St. Louis. Joe Pizarczyk fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards, and then everything broke loose, and uh, the miracle of the Meadowlands was there. And I'll tell you one other thing. You know who the head coach of the Giants was that day? I do not know. Sean McVay's grandfather, Sean McVay. Wow,
0: wow! That I, I did not know that. That is an interesting fact. That is a trivia question. Uh, number four, Merrill, December thirtieth, two thousand one, at the Vet. Uh, the Eagles trailed the Giants in the fourth quarter, twenty-one to fourteen. Chad Lewis caught a late touchdown pass from Donovan McNabb to tie it up, and then not too long after that, David Akers hit a thirty-five-yard field goal with seven seconds to go to go up three, after Michael Strahan had a delay of game penalty for holding Donovan McNabb on the ground for an extended period of time that he was more than allowed to. Seven seconds left, the Giants have the ball on their 20. Kerry Collins finds Tiki Barber, who laterals it to the speedy Ron Dixon, and he's sprinting up the left side of the field and gets inside the 10-yard line.
1: And but, I believe he was tackled by Dana Moore.
0: He was, and the Eagles won the NFC East for the first time since '88, and only the second time since '80 with a 24-21 win. Uh, Merrill, my number three, October nineteenth, two 2003, Brian Westbrook's 84-yard punt return at Giants Stadium that made the Eagles three and three that year. It sent them on a long winning streak. They were losing in the game. They were not having a good season to that point. There was a lot of negativity about the team at that point. Donovan. Had not been playing well, um, and the Eagles were two, were two and three. They were at risk of falling to two and four. They were losing in this game. And then Brian Westbrook had a huge 84 yard punt return to win the game. And I believe, honestly, in that season, and quite frankly, maybe even the franchise for the 2000s, I think that sent them in the right direction. I think that was a huge season altering play. You remember well, that I'll never, well.
1: I'll never, I'll never forget that. And you're right; that did turn around the season. Brian Westbrook was absolutely electric. He took it down the, the far sideline. I see, still see it left to right, and they also wiped out the Giants' putter along the way. And that putter was a former Eagle named Jeff Feagles. Jeff
0: Feagles, right, right, right. Uh, uh, number two on my list: September two, September twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. You brought it up earlier, Jake Elliott, Jake, the giant killer, 61 yard game winning walk off field goal to win 27, 24, the home opener of that season. And Merrill, I think that set the tone for that year. I don't know if the Eagles go on the run that they did, if they don't win that game and improve the two and one, because it really, the Giants went in one direction and the Eagles went in the exact opposite direction
1: change the season don't forget there was a big pickup that set that up on a pass near the sideline to alshon jeffrey right. he caught and went out of bounds set up that field goal and i and it probably cleared by five or ten yards that's how well jake elliot hit that ball and that did change the season
0: the eagles could certainly use a moment like that uh tomorrow night at at the link and number one merrill i, I I personally think it's hard to dispute it. Uh, it. It did not put the Eagles in a good direction for the rest of that season. It was honestly, they peaked at that point. But December 19th, 2010, they're down 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter to the Giants. They had 28 points in the fourth quarter. Mike Vick led him back and Deshaun Jackson walked him off with a 65 yard punt return that with your great call and Mike shouting in the background, and the Eagles won that game, uh, and Mike called it the miracle, the Meadowlands number two, a 38-31
1: win. Amazing, amazing. I still say that half, that second half, was the finest quarterbacking I've ever seen. Michael Vick took charge of the game. Eagles in a deep, deep hole, begins the half by throwing a long touchdown pass, short pass but long run by Brent Selick. And then the Eagles recover an onside kick. Actually, Riley Cooper went up and caught the David Akers onside kick. Eagles marched down from there. Jeremy Macklin had three touchdown receptions in that game. Michael Vick scored on a quarterback draw, and the Giants' punter. I still think Tom Ch- uh, Coughlin is chasing him someplace, <laughs> and his name was Matt Dodge. Matt Dodge. And Mike Quick was saying there's no way he's going to punt to Deshaun Jackson, but inexplicably he did. Deshaun Jackson actually muffed the punt, right. went down, picked it up. There was a great leveling block downfield by Jason Avant, yeah. and the Red Sea parted, and Deshaun Jackson did a pirouette or two at the one-yard line and then slithered into the end zone, and that was one of the most remarkable games, if not the most remarkable game I have ever seen.
0: So I was at WIP that when you made that call at the old, old studios in Balla – and back at the station, it, you're, you and Mike, the live feed is obviously a little bit ahead of the television, from, from which is on a little bit of delay. So we heard you before actually seeing it, visualizing it on TV. When did you realize, watching it live and in person, that Deshaun was going to score?
1: When I saw him in the end zone, <laughs> right, because he, ran he, he across- did a dance at the one. <laughs> right. And every time I watch the video <laughs> of that game, I can see a Giants player coming in on an angle. And just before he reaches him, he gets into the end zone. I didn't breathe easily until he was in the end zone
0: a hey, 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 you know i remember that he ran across the field and he didn't he ran across the field before he actually crossed into the end zone went cross I, I actually lane.
1: said i don't care if he <laughs> dives whatever jumps but get into the end zone and he right. did he did he certainly did and they won that
0: game um some honorable mentions Merrill, uh the eagles at old giant stadium beat the beat the cowboys January 11th, 2009, uh, 23-11. The Giants were the defending champs. The Eagles upset them to go on to the NFC Championship game. It was the divisional round. I remember that game distinctively because it was Brian Dawkins' second to last game as an Eagle. Yeah, Um, it was the
1: Giants. You you said beat the Cowboys. Oh, I said beat
0: the Cowboys. (laughs) Uh, The Cowboys are fresh in my mind from what happened earlier this week. Thank you for correcting me. Beat the Giants, right, to go on to the NFC Championship game at Old Giants Stadium. Uh, October 10th. 1988 Monday Night Football it sticks out because of a particular play. Randall, Randall
1: Cunningham, C- about to be flattened, was almost down on the ground somehow, rose up. He had Carl Banks in his face, right? Rose up, whipped the right arm forward, and fired a strike into the midsection of tight end Jimmy Giles.
0: Jimmy Giles, and what's never talked about from that game, he also had an 80 yard pass to Chris Carter for he a touchdown. Did. In Mm -hmm. that game, Uh, you know, everybody always talks about that play and it's a great play. Um, But Randall had a great game that night, 30, 31 for 41, 369 yards and three touchdowns. Randall was sensational that evening. In addition to that play and and one that always sticks out November 20th, 1960 uh, Yankee Stadium. I'm going way back Yankee Stadium, November 20th, 1960 Chuck Bednarik's hit on Frank Gifford at Yankee Stadium, the season that the Eagles won the nfc championship uh, the nfl excuse me nfl championship and they won that game 17 to 10 at yankee stadium that that iconic hit that everybody always talks about um and fortunately frank gifford was able to eventually resume his career and yeah both but had, a year later right right it, it's, it put him out a while he was out for a year a long time and they both ended up having a hall of fame careers chuck benaric and Frank Gifford. And one that I did have in my list, but I accidentally skipped over Merrill, and I do think it's a classic. Last season at the link, December 9th, 2019, the Eagles were down 17-3 to in a game that they had to win, and they came back, and they won in overtime, 23-17 on a Zach Gertz touchdown. And I'm sure you remember that very well since it was less than a year ago.
1: Well, I do, and I remember those were four games at the end of the season. The Eagles were in a hole- and they had to win those final four games. So that was critical.
0: And they have to win. And they kind of actually have to win these next three games starting tomorrow night against the Giants at the you, you would
1: You would think so, but in this crazy NFC least, who knows?
0: Who knows? Right, exactly. Who knows? Well, we do know that we're getting your keys to the game tomorrow morning on a Thursday morning. Looking forward to that. Meryl, thanks for the time. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Dave. Voice of the Eagles, Meryl Reese. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.